So we are in a, a series right now revisiting our, what we call our strategic initiatives of helping people find Jesus, follow Jesus, join the family, and make a difference. We want that for our congregation. We want that for you as an individual. And so last week we looked at this idea of being Jesus-centered in the way that we help people find Jesus. And so today, as we look at what it means to follow Jesus, I want to invite us to talk about um, windows and mirrors. And I'm going to give you a heads up. I'm going to get you to do some hand gestures as we go through the service. And um, so I just need you to practice with me, if you would. And it's not that kind of hand gesture that you were just thinking about. It's, uh, it's a different one. So I want you to practice doing this. Okay, and then I want you to practice doing this. And then I want you to practice doing this. Yeah, it's the double tomahawk, okay? So we're going to use these as ways to help us um, just have a visible reminder of maybe what maturity looks like or what following Jesus looks like. Now, when we talk about following Jesus, we, we in the church, we'll use terms like discipleship or various things. And, and I find that people have different understandings about what that is. So I tend to appreciate talking about what it means to become mature in Christ or to become like Jesus. And I think a lot of that involves using windows more than it does using mirrors. Now, I, I figure that most of you probably spent time in front of a mirror today. Um, some of us don't have to worry about that. Um, you just look great. You get out of bed and you look great, right? So others spend more time in front of mirrors. But mirrors are interesting because they limit your scope. When you see a mirror, you're not able to see past it. All you can see is what's in your immediate vicinity. And everything about a mirror focuses on you as the person. Windows, on the other hand, are a little bit different. Windows allow you to see through. Mirrors are unidirectional in the sense that it's just pointing back at you. Windows are multidirectional, that it allows you to see a variety of different spheres or depths of field. Mirrors um, tend to be limited in their capacity where windows kind of throw things wide open. And I think that when we talk about following Jesus, when we talk about what it means to mature in Jesus, and when we even talk about that, you might say, well, what does that even mean to mature in Jesus? And perhaps the easiest way to describe it is our hope is for each of you as individuals, for us as a community, to look more and more like Jesus. And if we look more and more like Jesus then we would say that's something we celebrate as people are maturing in their faith. And maturity doesn't happen at the same pace for everybody. So if following Jesus is about looking like him, then I'd like to suggest that it means we approach our growth in Jesus by using a window rather than using a mirror. And if we become more and more like Jesus, one of the things that that is going to do is allow us to become other-oriented. And that's using a window as opposed to using a mirror. 
And so you think, what does it mean for me to grow in following Jesus? Well, I'm looking out through the window and I'm seeing things the way Jesus sees them. And I'm becoming more and more other-centered. So I want to read a passage of scripture for us uh, of one of the early leaders in the church. His name was James. And he was a leader of the Christian people that were in Jerusalem, the earliest followers of Jesus. And he wrote one letter. It's a short letter in the New Testament. It's got five chapters. And in the very uh, beginning of this letter, he, I think, describes for us this process of what it means to use a window in growing in what it means to follow Jesus. So I'm going to read from verse 19 just to set this up for you, and then we'll get you to join in at verse 22. You can follow along. But James has been talking about how God wants to give us good gifts and that every good and perfect gift that we have is from God. And then he says this, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. And he's very practical. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger doesn't produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all that filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. And then you follow along here. But you don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So here's James offering us, I think, this invitation to see following Jesus as looking through a window instead of looking through a mirror. And he gives us a few postures. And I like to talk about postures that we take, because postures have a very big impact on relationships. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Let me give you an example of a posture that ruins relationships. See, you know what I'm talking about. And I think when it comes to following Jesus, there's an invitation for us to learn some postures. And James, I, I, I think he's suggesting here that we take on this posture of listening where we just put our ears up. So I'm going to get you to do this with me. Here's a posture. You know, there's a verse in, in the Old Testament that says, what other God is so great as to, or nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we turn to him. And the, the, the Hebrew wording, that original wording is creating a, a, a painting, a word picture. And the word picture it's painting, which is hard to translate, is that God does this. God listens when his people turn to him. And it's a posture that he has modeled for us. And so James says, be quick to listen. And listening involves silence. And in our culture, silence is terrifying. I'm just adding the space for effect. (laughs) 
James is saying, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. But there's this posture of just holding up your ear and saying, Jesus, I want to hear from you. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but kind of how I grew up was that following Jesus meant not so much listening as it did studying. You got to study. You got to read. You got to read. You got to figure out the meaning. And, and see, when you, when you are focused solely on studying, it's not that studying is a bad thing, but when studying is the only way you know for following Jesus, then you are the person responsible for all the answers, all of the actions, all of whatever's supposed to be done. And James says, be quick to listen. Jesus said, a wise person is like this, someone who listens. And a person who listens is like a smart person who builds their house on rock instead of on sand. And when the storms of life come, the house built on the rock stands. And so James is following the pattern that Jesus set, which was listening. Jesus uh, said, you know, the things that I'm saying to you are from the Father. They're not from me. He had a posture of listening. And if we want to explore this area of following Jesus... I wonder if what we need more than ever is a posture of listening. Where we listen to the scriptures, literally listen to them being read. There's a spiritual practice called Lectio Divina, which is simply hearing the scriptures being read and asking the Holy Spirit to draw your attention to something that you've heard. And so a posture of listening is is setting us up for that second posture that James talks about. And in in the next verse, he says, um, uh, where am I? In verse um, 21, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts. So there's another posture in here, and it's the posture of receiving. So I invite you to just receive. This is going to help you remember at least this little formula that I think James is suggesting. There are other formulas, but it's to hear that posture of hearing and then a posture of receiving. Accepting what God has put into your life. Just before the passage that I read, James is reminding them about the struggles that we have. Life is full of, of difficulty and struggles and these things produce in us some of the things that make us better, that make us stronger. But then he reminds people, God's not the guy who's tempting you. That kind of comes from the stuff within. But as you learn to follow Jesus, he and you listen and you receive, what Jesus does is he gets rid of that stuff that you bring, that junk that you're trying to get rid of and you and you continue to try and you realize you can't and that's kind of one way of understanding salvation is is that Jesus says what you can't do for yourself I've already done for you move into that life live into that life and so he says all the good gifts that God wants to give us give us a full life everything that is good and perfect is from above And so there's this posture of receiving, of learning to listen to Jesus and trust Jesus that the things you are receiving are good and they're good for you. They're like vegetables sometimes. 
They are meant to help us become more and more like Jesus. So be quick to listen, and then you can receive the word that God's put into your life. And then James starts to get really practical. And, and this is what I appreciate so much about him, but I want to just walk through the next couple of verses here. Verses 26 and 27, where James writes this, and the original people would have heard this being read to them. If you claim to be religious but you don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. The guy doesn't beat around the bush, does he? Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So let's walk through what James has been suggesting suggesting as one way of following Jesus, of becoming mature in Christ, of becoming more and more like Jesus. And the first is that we take on a posture of listening. Okay, work with me here. We take on a posture of listening. Those of you who are following at home, we take on a posture of listening. We take on a posture of receiving. And then we take in a posture of responding. And we're going to go. I couldn't come up with something better. Like if, if you know, like... I don't know. Like, so, so just, you know, if you got something better, use it. But sometimes these physical things help us remember. And, and he's giving us a, a bit of a list here, but I love the fact that he's, he's talking about religious people. And, and his emphasis about being religious is very much focused on others. And he's saying, if you want to, participate in a religion that has any value, then it needs to be a religion that works through windows, not through mirrors. And we go out and we orient ourselves towards others. And he gives a couple of examples of what that looks like. Controlling your tongue. And, he, and I, he's not talking about the, the rough language that you might hear or whatever. I think what he's talking about is the way we talk about other people. That's being other-oriented and being gracious and loving in the language we use about people, even when they're not around. And then he talks about widows and orphans, and they represent the vulnerable in our world, the outcast, the marginalized, those who, who uh, maybe by no fault of their own uh, are in the position that they're in. And he's saying an other-oriented religion goes to those people and cares for them. And he's, he's not being exhaustive. I'm sure you can go through the scriptures and you can find all kinds of other things. But here's a trend that you will find as you read through the biblical story. Author after author in the Bible, and there are many of them, are painting a picture for us of a God who is other-oriented. He is a God who goes to people rather than expecting people to come to him. And Jesus is the ultimate example of God saying, I will come to you fully, and he takes on flesh. He becomes one of us, and he shows us who God is, and he shows us God's love, and he establishes God's kingdom, and he invites us to follow him. He invites us to become more and more like him. And if maturity is about becoming more and more like Jesus, and it is, just last week we looked at a verse that says, God um, 
is reflecting his glory in us as we become more and more like Jesus. And if we are becoming more and more like Jesus, I can't help but think that is going to make us more and more oriented towards others. We pursue following Jesus using a window rather than using a mirror. And we respond in love to the people that he's put into our lives. And James gives us a couple of examples here. I would love to say, get into some groups right now and and talk about uh, other ways that we respond to people in our lives in a way that represents Jesus. And I so desperately want to do that for you because it's so passive. So many of you are sitting here with a posture like this already. Some of you are like, no, not really. But that's part of the, the learning and receiving and listening is not only to hear God in the scriptures, but it's to hear God in the community. And we're going to talk about that next week. It's to hear his voice as we discern things communally. It's to read the scriptures, but read it with a posture of listening sometimes rather than a posture of studying. It's to just listen to the spirit of God that is active in our world, active in you. See, you're here because God is a God who responds. He goes to people. God is other-oriented, and you are here because God is other-oriented. Somebody brought you here today, or somebody brought you a long time ago. Somebody shared something with you personally, or you read a book that somebody wrote because they were other-oriented, or you watched a, a video online, or you went to a website, or you just stumbled in here because, like we've heard before from some people, I was driving by and I saw the sign and something said, go in there. And I would just suggest that that something is the person that we call the Holy Spirit. And following Jesus leads us into a posture of listening and receiving and responding so that we become more like Jesus. And when we become more like Jesus, we become a much more other-oriented person. So I want to tell you a story about a guy named John Sider. This week, um, it was just one of those weeks where you'd like to go back a few days and try to figure out how you could go down a different path so you didn't have to go down the path that you did this week. But part of my week involved getting the news that uh, an an old mentor of mine uh, died. He was 88, so he lived a a long, full life. His name was John Sider. He's from my home church in Niagara, a little farming community called Waynefleet. And uh, John and his wife, Ethel, were people that um, supported Claire and I when we were in England. And we didn't have this tight, close relationship. But any time I ever saw John, I just walked away feeling like I was the most important person on the planet. And the thing is, uh, when you listen to the stories about John, you realize it's not just at a funeral that people talk that way about him. He was a man who lived an other-oriented life. So he and his wife uh, spent their entire lives from the time that they were um, teenagers through to the very end where he was involved with making a video for his church two weeks before his death to encourage people. 
And he just oriented himself towards others. They never owned a home intentionally because John said, if God is preparing a place for me to be with him and he's called me to seek first the kingdom, then I don't want to get tied down to a place and received much criticism for that because in our world, if you don't own a home by the time that you're retired, there's something wrong with you. And John said, actually, I just choose to follow Jesus seriously. And John would have never said, you can't own a home. He just said, for us, it means we don't. And he just loved to talk to people about Jesus. He would just show up at someone's home and say, hey, how are you? And people would get frustrated because John wanted to talk about Jesus. Some of the church people got frustrated and would talk to the senior pastor because this old man was coming to them and asking them how they were with Jesus. And they just said, he won't stop. John was an other-oriented person. I don't even have a picture of him. The funeral was just on on Thursday. But he was someone that that had a profound impact on me. You know, and, and, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up, Paul? Well, I'd like to be like John. Well, don't you want to be like Jesus? Well, if the Apostle Paul could say, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ, then I think it's okay for me to say, I'll follow John's example as he followed the example of Christ. So I want to kind of wrap up by asking this question. What if, when we talk about following Jesus, we talked about it in terms of how people are other-oriented? If we were trying to say, like, am I growing in my life? Is God doing anything in me? You know, am I becoming, am I looking more like Jesus? What if one of the questions we asked was, how other-oriented am I? As opposed to, you know, how much do I know? Or what's changing, you know, what's, what's in me? What if we use the window much more often than we use the mirror? I wonder what would change about our emphasis in following Jesus. So I want to leave you with that question, but I have a thought about it. And I think maybe if we use windows more than mirrors, if we were other-oriented, more than self-focused, I wonder if that would increase the gratitude that people have in life for what God has been doing for them. And if that gratitude might not be because of you. So I want to leave you with that thought. I want to offer just a brief prayer. God, we want to have a posture of listening and a posture of receiving and a posture of responding. In how we follow you. May that be true for each one. Amen.